everybody, Josh Peck here. We have a very special interview for you today with a uh, very good friend of mine, a brand new Christian, and uh, we're going to talk about his, well, his, his life, how he how he got here. Chris Savino, that name might be familiar to some of you. All that and more on today's Peck Report. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, So I recently had the privilege of talking to uh, a a new friend of mine, um, like this guy a lot. He's he's really been through a lot of stuff. Um, And what, what I like about this guy is how honest he is about things that have happened. Uh, some of you might know the name Chris Savino, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say too much. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on an intro here. Uh, when we come back, I will explain where I am and what this is all about and why there's a broom there. Uh, but for right now, I really just want to get to the interview. So here is my interview with Chris Savino. Check this out. Chris Savino, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for joining Peck Report. It's great to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, I've never done this before, so bear with me, but I think this is going to be great. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm honored to uh, be the first person to be able to interview you uh, since everything, which you know we'll get into. And uh, But I, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family. Uh, so for those who don't know, you are a Christian and uh, yes. a pr- pr- a relatively new one too, which is, which is great. And uh, so yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So, well, that's that's a good place. To, I know that we're gonna we're gonna lead we're gonna get there. We're gonna lead to that. But for those who aren't familiar, um, if people don't know who you are or haven't heard of you, can, can you list some of your past accomplishments that people would probably recognize you from? Uh, sure. Um, well, I think it's a little bit more currently. Maybe if your 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 viewers have children, but um, uh, you know, I've worked in the animation industry since I was nineteen. I've worked on some amazing shows with some amazing people, Ren and Stimpy, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Test, um, you know, you name it, I think I've worked on it um, and been fortunate enough to work with some really good and um, generous people with their talent and their time and just picked up as much um, information and experience as I could. And in the, I think this in 2013, finally sold my own show to Nickelodeon called The Loud House, which is um, off and on, uh, kind of competes with, with SpongeBob as, you know, number one spot on their on their network. And I'm so uh, thrilled about that. Um, it's doing really well. And I believe they're in producing their fifth season already. And it already has its own spinoff. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So people will probably be familiar with a lot of that stuff. I remember I, I grew up on uh, Ren and Stimpy and, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. So that's really cool yeah. that you got to work on those shows. Uh, yeah. Blessed yeah. now that I look back on it. So how, how would you best describe yourself during your time as a cartoonist? Because this was obviously a very different part of your your life that you find yourself in now. So so during that time, uh, what, what, introduce us to Chris Savino from that time. <laughs> hey, that's a good question. Um, I, I, you know, what I thought was, you know, someone who was easy to work with, um, liked to work with in, in, in collaborative uh, situations. And at the same time, I think in a good way, but not a bad way, I was always 
uh, anxious to find out what was next. Like, you know, if I was a storyboard artist on a particular show, I was always looking over the cubicle, like, what are you doing over there? Like, I wanted to be a part of every aspect of making a show. And it wasn't out of, out of like an ego. It was just, I was so interested in knowing about every aspect of it. And like I said, worked with some generous people who, when I did ask, what are you doing over there? They would take the time and share what they were doing and kind of teach me what they were doing. And I just kind of picked it up along the way. So, um, so I think I was curious, uh, if that's, if that's an okay word and hopefully friendly and, um, you know, I was given a chance at the age of 19, like an opportunity to like this, nobody from Michigan to, you know, go, go out to Los Angeles and work on this show that nobody knew about called Ren and Stimpy that, you know, I believe changed like the fabric of TV animation. Um, and, 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 and what kinds of shows were being made and, um, and how they were being made and the type of humor. Um, I was given that opportunity, and it was just always something that I felt like I, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to give opportunity when I have the ability to give opportunities and, and share my experiences with people. Um, I hope I did that. I hope that, that there are some people out there that feel like, yeah, he did really – uh, give me a chance or taught me a thing or two about, um, you know, sometimes the pitfalls of, of working on a production, things to avoid um, in order to have a smooth running show. That's an awesome attitude. That there, There's a lot there I can relate to because I, I, you know, I work at Skywatch TV and coming in there, I really, I didn't know a whole lot. I, I was just starting to learn video editing and, you know, there were all these departments and everything and basically anything in media I wanted to know about. So I was really curious as well. And uh, so, you know, just, just from people uh, teaching me different things, I was able to acquire a lot of media skills and, and right. you know, with editing and production, but also in front of the camera as well. And uh, so that that really helped out a lot and then uh then like you i i've always you know had the thought that if i if ever i can help somebody you know uh, achieve something in the way that people helped me i would want to do that so i, I yes. can certainly relate to a lot of that it's uh, a good feeling yeah it really is you know when you see it uh pay off for somebody yeah yeah definitely it's like the whole pay it pay, paying it forward kind of thing yes sir. uh now okay so in order to set the stage um and provide kind of some context to, to sure. what we're what we're discussing here because it is a story of redemption. It's a it's a an amazing testimony you have. Um, and for for those at home, you know, me and Chris have uh, stayed in touch for the past several weeks or so, and and this this is a really awesome testimony, and uh, I, I I love it. Uh, but but what what's really interesting too is it, most people we all have our testimonies, but not all of them get you know such a, a public spotlight. Uh, so to kind of set the stage and provide some context before we discuss your journey to faith. Uh, back in 2017, you ran into a little bit of controversy. Uh, maybe a little bit isn't the exact right way to classify it, but can you tell us in your own words, uh, what, what, what happened? Uh, well, I think, uh, yeah, 2017, you're right, uh, late 2017, but I think the, the problems started before that, obviously. Um, and I would say, you know, I don't, I don't want to blame addiction. I do believe that people make choices and, um, you know, I've never used the word mistake. I've never said I've made mistakes. I do believe I've made some poor choices, but, um, you know, I was, you know, I've had some addictions in my life for years that I didn't 
you know, you don't, you don't admit that you have addictions. Um, sometimes not until afterwards. Right. But, you know, I, I realized I was addicted to, to we'll, we'll start with work. Um, you know, running a show like the loud house or any other show that I was fortunate enough to, um, to have a higher position on, that's like a, you know, it's not just a 40 hour a week job. It's sometimes 50, 60 physical hours a week. But as you know, as a creative person, you never really turn that off. It's that's always right. on. It's so you're constant. working 100% of the time. And um, for some reason, it was, it was like it wasn't enough, you know. So whenever there was a freelance gig or I was always doing side projects, I would work, t- you know, eight in the morning till eight at night and come home and you know, spend a little bit of time with my kids and then I'd be working again. And I was working all the time and I didn't, it didn't occur to me that that was like an addiction. Like I couldn't, I couldn't say no to, um, more work. And maybe it was a fear of missing out on something, but, um, it's that same mentality with, with alcohol, mm-hmm. which was, Hey, you know, you can have a, a beer or a glass of wine at the end of the day to kind of take the edge off of the day. But, you know, it was, you know, in the brain is telling you that, well, that's not enough. Like, how about two or how about three? How about four? Um, how about doing it by yourself? Like, I didn't go out and drink, although I did it on occasion socially, but it was more at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same thing with, with attention. You know, I grew up in a family of 10, so there was always people around. And I didn't realize, I don't think, how that might affect my later life. But um, as you... As you progress in an industry where sometimes it's who you know, um, you, you you get in this place where I, I wouldn't call it a powerful place, but a place where people see that they can get opportunity for you. So there was a lot of people seeking me out, which is great, of course, because I love to share that information, love to give opportunity. But on occasions, you know, there were uh, I don't know, taking advantage of that situation and where conversations led to conversations that were not very um that didn't have boundaries we'll say and um gosh i i don't want to make it sound like you know i'm i'm you know for the sake of time um for lack of better words i got myself into positions where i was um not faithful to my vows with my wife. Um, I'll put it that way. Um, some just, uh, you know, through messaging or through text. Um, one in particular that was physical that lasted like two years, you know, things that obviously are huge regrets, but those were decisions. Those, you know, yes, may have been fueled by those, um, by those addictions. Like, you know, when you've got three or four drinks in you, it's easy to pick up that phone and text somebody, you know, it's, uh, it just it just uh, makes it you know turns off your your monitor of, of kind of moral compass, um, but yeah. So those those kind of three things over the years, especially the the uh, you know attention thing, kind of came to a boiling point with with um, with a lot of people, specifically those women, but be, you know outside of that, friends and friends of friends who. You know, in my, you know, addictions make you feel like you're not hurting anybody. Like another drink's not going to hurt anybody. More work's not going to hurt anybody. Texting that person's not going to hurt anybody. But ultimately, yeah, it did. And you know, your brain's lying to you. Um, you know, it. It. I thought that nobody knew 
what I was doing. Nobody knew the choices that I was making. Nobody knew that I was working so much. Nobody knew that I was drinking so much. And I did. I fooled myself into thinking it's totally fine. Uh, but that all came to a head. And so in uh, October of, of 2017, like you, like you said, it all came to a head. And um, I got a call from, from Human Resources and Nickelodeon, you know, at the height of of everything, you know, this career that I loved and finally have my own show. And it ultimately ended up in me not only losing my job and my show and possibly my career in animation, it was also hugely public at a time where this is what, this is what the media was hungry for. They needed to just really get it out there. And in a matter of two days, which was, you know, it was hard, and I can look back on and say this: like it met our two days. It was it was worldwide. It wasn't just locally or you know on Facebook. It was everybody. You know, when you've got companies like CNN, all the way down to um, like BuzzFeed and um, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but Paris Perez Hilton. Like gosh, they're all talking about it. Like it was. It was mind-boggling. I understand it, but at the same time, well, I was like, wait, that's, that's me, and I'm being compared to people who I'm nothing like, and it was devastating. Um, so needless to say, I think that there was going to be no alternative but to just lose those things. And, um, and yeah, so that's what happened. And I, I would say in a matter of three days, it was a phone call from Human Resources to just done like everything just done wow yeah I hope I, that was i hope that was fast enough for you i'm sorry I'm oh sorry. no no I, yeah we got time for hours on it <laughs> no no that's that's what we're all about i mean it, it takes time to to really you know explain these kinds of things that we go through and so yeah no no rush at all um yeah. do, do you believe that this was at, at this point was this the lowest point uh for you during that that part of your life you know i could have hoped it was the lowest point. I hit a couple of lower points beyond that. Um, but yeah, I think when your entire uh, persona is wrapped up in in what you do rather than – like I didn't know who I was afterwards. Um, I would lost my identity, and I see that my identity was totally wrapped up in those things. Um, my work and the show and um, not to a point of neglect to anybody else. I mean, I loved having people around me, but once those are gone, it's like, who am I? And that was, that was a couple months of just, there was like this haze. Um, and I, and I can recall it now, but I didn't realize it while I was in it, but it was like, um, like a stunned haze that I was in for a couple of months where once that started to, to wear off and the reality of it started to set in, I mean, that's when I was like, Oh, I was just on the precipice of the, like the Marianas trench. I'm, I'm about to kind of drop into this thing. And it got, it got emotionally pretty, pretty ugly, um, beyond that. But, as far as the physical aspect of job and career and, and what the world thinks of you and what the internet is saying of all things, um, it was, that was pretty, I mean, that was pretty low. I'm not going to lie about that. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. And, you know, one thing that I really appreciate about, you know, this part of your testimony, and you, you and I have talked about it several times, is you, you, you have never been uh, the kind of person that tries to blame other people or, or anything like that. You have always, uh, and, and, you're, and you're doing it now, but you've always just taken personal responsibility uh, for your own decisions. And, you know, that, that to me is, is one of the hallmarks of, you know, a, a genuine, like, redemption story, you know, because you know that you you meet some people sometimes that you know they they do something bad or whatever but then they want to blame everybody else cuz they don't want to admit to themselves that you know there there was something they they can improve on but if they never admit it then they're going to keep you know doing that behavior and they're they're going to keep falling into the same cycle over and over and over again Correct. and uh so i i you know i just wanted to mention that that to, to me that's like a breath of fresh air to talk to somebody like you who just owns up to it and and you know i i think that's i think that's really good because that 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 low point you know it, when we're in our darkest point that's where even the smallest light can shine the brightest and right. that that's that's amen to that yeah. So that that's what that's what happened to you. So um so you're 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 in this really really low point uh worst part of your life uh and um that is a stark di- difference from where you are now. So how how did how did that transformation begin? Like how did that start from from the low point to where you are now? Um what what was what was the thing that finally gave and then and then what what of all things made you realize um, oh, this is a this is a spiritual thing. This is a Jesus thing. You know, I I, I need Jesus. What what was that yeah. like for you? Well, okay, so we're gonna like fast forward a little bit, a couple sure. months to January of 2018 now, and <clears throat> I found myself. I'm you know I, I've been a homeowner for gosh like almost 20 years, and now I find myself living in an apartment, uh, a single apartment by myself, um, unfortunately, and. Uh, having to having really nothing we'll just say i mean i know like now i can say and we'll skip ahead to now like i feel so fortunate for the things that i do have but you know you feel sorry for yourself and i'm like i got nothing and i'm sitting on my bed and i was thinking about where i was in my life compared to where i was literally just a couple months earlier and how did i get here and what what was it that i was missing in my life that caused me to make these kinds of choices in all the addictions, not just the one, but all of them. Uh, why wasn't what I had enough? Mm-hmm. Um, and believe me, I had a lot. I had a lot, um, a lot to be grateful for, but it just, it just escaped me. And I'm not going to kind of, you know, put a sheen on this and say, it just kind of appeared in my brain. And I started thinking, I can't really tell you the exact process that it got to but I remember thinking like it was almost like it stuttered in my mind of like am I am I missing God in my life like it it just kind of appeared it wasn't anything that my entire life I really thought about um yes my family my parents were catholic um but it was never part of my home life uh the first couple kids were baptized etc but like after a few it's like wow let's, let's just we kind of gave gave up um, and aside from a few, that's a mortal sins from my mom growing up. Like there was no real religion or talk of God or Jesus in, in the household. Yeah. Um, but it did. The question just kind of, I mean, I guess in hindsight, it just kind of appeared to me and, and I needed to answer it. I knew that at the very least I needed to look into it cause I had, I had nothing. Um, uh, and I, and I felt like I, I needed to do this. So I, I do what I always do is I just do my own research. Um, 
which is why I don't read the news because each side is so biased. It's like, I got to, I got to get the answers on my own. Um, yeah. so I started, I started digging and then it's like, maybe, um, it, it just, the more I read and the more videos I watched on YouTube or whatever, the more I was feeling like this could be what I'm, what I was missing. And somebody, I, I suppose it's been said a thousand times before, but on one video, someone said that they were, they had a God shaped hole in their heart. And like that just resonated with me. And she said like, and that's what it fit perfectly in that. I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel. Like, yeah. And not only did it make me feel good to hear that, but it was like, oh, I'm not alone in this. And that was also very good because it's easy to feel super alone when you're going through something so um, life altering. Uh, I, I mean, both, both the losing the job part and the possibly going down the path of, of Christianity or any religion for that matter. Uh, so I didn't know what to do. I mean, that's how, that's how uninformed I was. Um, so I, I really, I took a chance in, in, in texted a couple of friends. Like I did, I hadn't talked to anybody for a couple of months and I really was afraid to reach out to anyone, but these were people I knew were Christian and would at the very least, even if they didn't want to talk to me, feel compelled to answer me. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, I was right. And they both, you know, they turned out to be super loving and super kind. Um, but I, on one, I just, I, I texted her, I said, how do I find a church? I mean, she, she even uses it as part of stories when she's talking about, like, there's this person in my life who was the very last person I would think would ask a question, like, how do I find a church? <laughs> and she was so thrilled to be able to answer it. And another friend who... You know, I was talking about um, forgiveness and grace, and I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, no, 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 no. I, I only think, you know, like God is for people who've had bad things done to them in their lives. It's like, you know, I'll take you under my wing, not for the people who've done bad things in their lives. Like, I just didn't believe it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 thank God she was so patient with me. She's like, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you at this uh, church in North Hollywood, California, called Radius. It's a wonderful church. Um, I'll meet you at Radius. It's on Lancashire Boulevard. Um, I'll meet you there this Sunday, and we'll see. Um, and I said, okay, I will. And two of my friends met me there, and we sat in the front row, of course. And, and I've said this before, and I, and I really mean it. This is how it felt. As soon as, as soon as the pastor started speaking, he was, I was like, I started to feel my cheeks turn red because I'm like, it's like somebody told this guy what I'm going through, and his his message today is, is really directed towards me. Like it was so spot on to how I was feeling and what I was seeking. I literally felt like it was a movie where the auditorium kind of cleared. No one was there but me. And there was just a spotlight down on me. And he was on the stage just talking directly to me. And I felt like, wow, this, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite connect the dots of like, wow, this is a coincidence. Like I still was using that word in my life. And, um, I thought, well, that it turned out pretty good. Like I felt really good after the after the that particular service, and so that was in January. Um, and I I made a decision to to continue going. So I went every Sunday um, beyond that, and I just realized the more that I learned from my my own deep dives into into uh, what it means to be a Christian, who. God is, and more importantly, who Jesus is, and what He did for us. Uh, the feeling of of grace, and that it's available to anybody, and it's free. 
And I think somewhere deep down inside that there was such a, a yearning for forgiveness from a lot of people in my life that it turned out that, that the one person that I needed forgiveness for didn't require um, the types of the type of conversation that was necessary to earn forgiveness from a human being, but was just there. And it was just like, oh, it felt so good to feel like, yeah, I've been given this grace and I've been given this forgiveness. And I'm like, this, this is really, this is really for me. I really felt like, like it was that God-shaped hole was being filled. And it, and it was like, yeah, that's what I've been missing in all those years where I felt like I had it all, but still felt empty. Um, I wasn't unhappy, but there was some sort of peace that was missing. And I spelled, I mean, peace, like P-E-A-C-E, as well as that peace in the heart. Um, and, I, and I decided, I think it was late... I went to church the first week of February 2018, and I think by the end of, I want to say March of 2018, it was only like a couple months, that I decided that it was for me and that I would um, give my life to Jesus and that I would get baptized. Um, and, and, and it felt good to say it. It felt good to say it out loud. Um, and it was honestly something that just in a matter of weeks was compared to the 46 years of my life, it, it was the only question, like literally the only question that I had left was, you know, how come I didn't discover this years before? And really, how come that, you know, how come I didn't discover it before, you know, the crap hit the fan? Um, and why didn't I discover it at a time where when I did have all these things, I could have, um, you know, combined those two for like wonder twin powers. And, uh, but sometimes it really takes, like you said, going into the real darkness to just kind of see that, that, that point of light. And, you know, as they say, the stars only shine in the darkness. And, and I guess that's what it had to be. And, you know, frankly, looking back on it, you know, some, you know, some people may say, and I may have said like, wow, this punishment that I'm going through is just not, it just doesn't fit the crime or whatever. And now, I see it as like, oh, that wasn't a punishment, not not from God at the very least, but I do see it as God stepping in and saving me from something. It could have gotten much worse with the drinking and the working and all of that stuff could have just gotten way worse than where it was. And it's like, okay, I'm going to save you because, you know, God knows all. He's like, I know where this is hidden. Uh, I'm going to stop it here. And I am thankful for that. So I just see those that time in my life now as as being saved rather than being punished. Amen. That 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 is yeah. absolutely amazing and it's it's truly heartwarming because I mean we all have to varying degrees similar stories of of you know how how Jesus has saved us all and you know one thing I was curious about um uh I know you haven't been like really in the public a whole a whole lot, you know, until until like just recently, you know, by coming yeah. on this show basically. Yeah. But but before that, um, you you provided one written interview for Daily Renegade, which again, thank you for that. That really means a lot. And yeah. uh, but 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 before that, uh, you, you you've kind of been uh, low key. Have you have you had um have you have you had enough um. Um, basically what I'm getting at is I'm trying to ask how has the Christian church responded to this conversion? And then mm -hmm. how has like the world, like the, like, 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 uh, maybe people that were in your life that aren't Christian, how, how have they responded? Are, are they the same or are they kind of different? Uh, a little different. Okay. Um, you know, 
when I moved up to Campbell, I moved out of Los Angeles uh, with my middle son. Um, when I moved up to Campbell, I felt like I could be whoever I wanted to be. Uh, in Los Angeles, I was cocooning myself in my apartment. I wasn't going out. It panicked me to go out of my apartment. I didn't want to run into people. Um, so I was a hermit, really. And when I moved, it was like, oh, gosh, I can, I can walk down the street and feel good because nobody knows who I am. And it was, it was a decision on my part. Like, I mean, it was funny because when I moved, I'm like, the last thing I thought I would ever say out loud was like, oh, great. Well, now I need to find a new church. Like, I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. But um, I did. And I feel like, I do feel like God led me to the particular church that I go to, um, Community Christian here in Campbell, because um, I was all set to go to, I looked some up and there was a church, I'm not going to name it, but I was all set to go to that one. But on the Saturday before him, I'm going to look on Google one last time and see if there's any other churches in here. And Community Christian pops up as the first hit. I was like, well, this one hadn't popped up before. I'm like, well, I'm going to try this one out. And as soon as I walked into into the space that they that they rent for the the church, the the lead, I sat down and the lead pastor, like from across the room, like walked straight up to me, introduced myself, and like I, somehow I stand out. Uh, he knew that I was new. And I immediately felt like, oh, I felt very welcome. And that was that was nice to feel because I had not felt that kind of uh, welcomeness in a while. Anyway, so but I, I met a lot of great people at church and um, it was good. To, like I didn't share my last name. And when people asked what I did, I kind of dodged the question or turned it back on them as quickly as I could. And for a while, that was wonderful because I was like, ah, it's like I can just be – me and not worry as much as I had been worrying about um, the past and how people are going to react to that. Um, but something happened, and I realized that these people were so gracious and so friendly and so really open with with their struggles and the, some of the dark seasons of their lives, uh, and so much trust, which um, you know my my sense of trust had been shattered. Um, I started to feel like I was like, who am I to be allowed to hide me when these people are just so gracious? And I talked to the pastor about it. I said, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I feel terrible. And he's like, well, pray about it. And, you know, if there's a place where you can kind of maybe tell your story, um, maybe we'll do it. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. If God wants me to do it, we'll do it. And of course, you know, be careful what you pray for because, you know, God comes through and like a couple of weeks later, he's like, I've got the perfect message coming up. Will you be able to do your, your um, testimony uh, to the, to the congregation? And I was like, yes, I will do it. But <laughs> I'm scared to death. I was yeah. like, what are these, what are these people going to think? I mean, of course, the first thing I'm going to do is go online and look up the name and see all the, like the vitriol and the anger and the emotion of the previous, what, year and a half? Um, it scared me to death. Um, but I was convicted in a way. I was like, I got to do this. I know I have to do this. Um, it's only fair. So it was a Sunday and I went and I, I got up there and I was prepared for, for not shunning. I didn't think I was gonna be shunned from the church, but I was just prepared for some people to just kind of not sit near me anymore, but I have to say, and I was brought literally to tears after I had to do it twice that morning because I have two services. Um, 
by the outpouring, not only of support, but people coming up and praying for me and thanking me and some people coming up going, I've been struggling with my own issues in this very respect and I thank you so much for saying this. It makes me feel so good. And I realize it's like, oh yeah, me telling my testimony has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the people hearing it. That's what testimonies are about. And I missed that because I missed that lesson because I learned it right then and there like, oh, okay, it's not about me. It's about God, what he does in your life um, and how to convey that to other people and kind of bring them closer to God and at least, at the very least, help them to feel like exploring it further. Because, you know, there's a lot of people in church who it might be their first time. Um, and I think sometimes a good testimony goes so much further than a really good sermon on a particular book of the Bible. I know that when I leave a church after a testimony, I feel like that, that was a really good um, service we had today because it's you connect with human beings. They're physical. They're right there, and they're talking about experiences, and you're like, I'm not alone. And people go through some real bad stuff in life, but here we all are with something in common um, that kind of brings us all together. Um, so I was so grateful on that day to have um, not only gotten that all off my chest, um, there was like this weight lifted, but I did feel not only closer to the people within the church, but also loved so much more. And I've heard, for, that was like in July um, that I did that uh, audio testimony, but ever since then I've just felt so much more love from the people at the church. And now I feel like every opportunity I get, it's like it's coming out of my face. I'm going to tell you what I've been through so you don't have to feel so alone in this. Um, and that God is good and that he does, he does provide. Um, and he's there for you in the worst of storms. If you were just open to accept that he is there, you're not alone. Oh, amen. I, I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. That 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 is that that's really inspiring because um you know what there there's a big difference between like you know the 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 local church and and you know like fellowship one on one fellowship and I, I think that's why testimonies are so powerful is you really do get that one on one fellowship you can relate you, you you're reminded that you're not alone uh and i think that's why you know testimonies in themselves can be so powerful uh there's a difference between that and then sometimes what's seen online you know like the online church and, and some people who you know may not be representing christianity too good who who will uh whenever somebody decides to you know uh get rid of their former life and become a christian they're instantly suspicious of it in almost a really hostile way such as what uh recently happened with uh, kanye west um man that that uh, that that blew that, that really blew my mind i was surprised by the reaction of some of the church with that uh, of just just nothing but suspicion and that it's not real and it's a conspiracy and he's preaching a false gospel and all this. When you actually listen to what he says, it's just the simple gospel. Like it's just the gospel that we all uh, as Christians have, have, uh, you know, agreed to and adhered to. And, 
Yeah. Um, and, and it, it, but so I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that in, in your church and your fellowship that they're, they haven't been like that with you. I'm glad that they've been welcoming and, and loving because that, that's really what it's supposed to be. You know, we're, we're all a family. We're all brothers and sisters under Christ if, if we've accepted him as, you know, our savior. And so we, we should be a family. And, uh, but yeah, there, there are some people online that want to, you know, just throw suspicion onto everything they see. Part yeah. of it, I think, is a pride issue. I, I think it yeah. makes them feel like they know something that not everybody else knows, and they're smart. I think I think those kinds of people are dealing with the pride issue. Um, but, sure. Well, uh, you know, yeah. it's not just Con- Kanye West. I mean, even after the article that or interview that I did with you was was posted online, and there were some links to my um, to the audio of my testimony. Um, there, I, it was met with some skepticism as well, and I couldn't yeah. believe that there were people who were actually like, uh, he's just doing this to kind of make himself look good, and that yeah. was, yeah, it I was saw a com- Yeah, I, I saw a couple comments like that too, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, if you want to make yourself look good to the world, you don't become a Christian. Like, that's the <laughs> worst way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, amen to that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I did receive so many, like, outpouring of, like, people who actually sat down and wrote an email saying, hey, I'm so glad to hear that you're turning your life around or that you found uh, God and, and, and you know, are you really a Christian and, and things like that just that were like, oh, good, there are people out there that see this as, like, when you go through something in your life that's um, so uh, life-altering – in a bad way that you do you seek the things you, that's when most people seek god is when things are at their worst and you're like i give up i can't i can't do this anymore on my own i need i need help um and that's why there are so many testimonies is because we all need help uh, ultimately and it just it was it was frustrating but i understood it um and i feel like those can just you know i could just do away with those things and really just focus on the the good uh, responses that I've gotten, and more importantly, the the physical responses that I've gotten from people who are, are in my life, and not just a random, you know, voice on the internet. I don't know who these people are, um, and not that I don't care, but I just can't let it uh, affect me in my world currently. That's absolutely correct. I think that's incredibly wise and and mature, and that that's the way that we should, you know, we we, we should all look at it that way. Because um, uh, you know, I think I really do believe a lot a lot of times with this kind of online stuff, it's just people really trying to make a name for themselves. You know, they're they're really just trying to get something started for the drama. And uh, but sometimes you know we sometimes we make the mistake of engaging in it. I've certainly <laughs> I've certainly done that <laughs> in the past, and it yeah. it's never worked out well. You, you you can't change anybody's mind. Like I've never. I've never had somebody like that, and then I respond, and then I have successfully changed their mind, and then they agreed that I was right. Never going to happen. No. <laughs> so it's it's best it's best to to ignore those types of people, and and uh, you know don't 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 feed the trolls, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as you probably can see, I have not responded really to anything online or mm-hmm. spoken out about anything yeah. for various reasons. But I feel like the only real way I can move forward is is again just. Earning, uh, earning forgiveness from certain people. Certainly, my wife and my kids are the most important part of that. Ex-wife, I should say. Um, and 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 from that point forward, how I conduct my life, how I treat people, how I interact with people, has to be with an integrity um, that that was lacking before. And um, you know, as a as a certain um, you know clickbait. 
uh, article uh, heading uh, said recently about you know you know with with Jesus on his side, he's looking for a comeback. I was like, man, that is uh, all that headline is trying to do is just kind of infuriate people and get the people talking and frothing at the mouth again. And I'll give it to the person who wrote it. Like you got half of it right. Jesus is on my side, but the other half is not particularly right. I am trying to move forward with my life. Yes come back are words that don't even come out of my mouth as part of it. It's like, I could say resurrecting. Um, that would be good. Uh, just trying to start my life over from zero. And actually in some cases from a deficit of zero, below zero, I need to work my way up out of that. And I'm, I'm well aware of the position that I'm in, not only in, um, my, you know, my local kind of life, but also worldwide. People think people are saying, and, um, and, you're right. You can't really once I think people who have made up their mind have made up their mind. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I'm going to do or say um, that is going to change that. And I feel like, yeah, I, I have said the sorries that I need to say, um, especially to my family, um, not only my, my, my wife and kids, but my siblings as well to, you know, put the Savino name in such a bad light and not only just locally, but worldwide again, um, you know, it's like, those are the people that are important to me to kind of make, uh, to earn forgiveness, uh, from and to prove, yes. Okay. Well, um, I just need to, I've been knocked down, but I'm, what's more important is I'm going to get back up, uh, and, and kind of move forward with my life in a way way that um hey may look really close to what it was before it really might just there's a certain few things that are just not going to be a part of that anymore and fortunately there's one thing that is going to be a major part of that and that's god and that's the thing that i'm putting first in every decision i make now sometimes i fail um and i get corrupted on that (laughs) but i do i try and put him in first in every decision that i make and it's like the, the adage that if you say, you know, if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember your stories. And I was like, yes, I always put God first. I don't have to fear what people, what my decisions are going to be and what people are going to say. Man, I, lo- I love your outlook on life. I mean, it, it's, 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 you know, to, to, to use the word, it, it's, it's kind of addicting. Like, I, I love that outlook on life. It's super inspiring and it's, it's truthful and real. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, I love that. And I love that you have a bright outlook on the future, even though, uh, you know, it's going to look a little different than you probably, you know, originally planned. And, um, but, you know, I, I got to imagine that the world has not seen the last of uh, Chris Savino at all, you know, possibly a new beginning. So do you have any future projects that the audience might expect to see in the future? What, what, what are I know some stuff you probably can't talk about, but what can you talk like? What, what, what do you got going on? <laughs> OK, good question. Um, like I said, I'm starting kind of at a deficit. Um, I do feel like I'm not only starting at zero again, um, but. I also have to take into account people's perception of me and, and not only of me, of people's perceptions of other people who may or may not want to work with me. I think there's a fear um, at this point to have association with people who are in my position. And I get that. I understand it. Um, but which is it's sad. There are just so many there are so many great and amazingly talented and fun people that, gosh, I would love to work with again. I mean, reality, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't want to sound negative, but I'm just trying to sound realistic. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and so my feeling is like, well, yes, I can put stuff out there. And starting from zero is like anybody who's just starting new is like you have to kind of grow your your following or whatever you want to call it or recognition of the of the product you're putting out there or the content. Sure. But I've also got the internet to deal with. And it's like, oh, I, li- I like that book I read. Who's it by? Oh, Chris Savino. Let me look up his name. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that I'm, I'm going to have to deal with forever. Um, you know, the internet doesn't go away. And that's, that's tough sometimes. It really, you know, causes a sense of like inner battle. Um, so, you know, as a creative person, and you know this as well, it's like, well, you can't just turn it off. That's, that's right. one thing that couldn't be taken away from me. And all my life, that's what it's been, is just creativity and and, and trying to create things. Um, so I did what I always do. is like if there's an idea, I need to get it out of my head. Because when it's in my head, I, I'm just like a zombie to everybody else. It's like, let me just get it out. And so, yeah, there were some pilot scripts that I wrote or some cartoon pitches that I wrote. Knowing full well, it's like, well, that's not anything I'm going to be able to just pick up the phone and, tell, and, and say, hey, can I pitch to you? It's like, yeah, I know that's off the table, right. uh, which is why that, that headline was kind of clickbait because it's like that's – just because I wrote those things doesn't mean I'm poising myself for a comeback. It's just like creatively, it's like I just need to get it out of my system. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I did in my weird first couple months haze um, portion of my life, uh, I, I wrote an outline for a book that had always been in my head but was just too busy to, um, to really – do anything with it's like i was focused on the loud house and it's like no time to write a book and writing a book is really different than writing a script because in a script you're writing from a like a an outward physical standpoint of the character doing things visually and with a book it's like you get into their head and it's like it's totally different way of of writing because you're you're working through their emotion and what they're thinking rather than than what they're doing yeah so i just you know i just never wrote a book even though i had an idea for a book in my head um, nonetheless, and this is another God thing, um, this was – particularly, like I said, there was that trench that I went down into, and it was the day after the hearing that I had to do for the um, for the union, and something just kind of snapped in my head, and I spent a week in a 5150, which was not fun, um, and about four weeks of IOP, which is intensive outpatient therapy. Um, therapy and it was which was great i really kind of got a hold of myself there um but i was really lamenting kind of out loud and to to some people in my life like i don't i don't think this i don't i just think i'm done i think i think i just need to just let go of anything creative in my head and just you know maybe learn a new trade or just get a job or whatever i was really negative about it and like, I don't know, I've never really had God speak to me. Like some people, God talks to them. Um, but I remember I was in this kind of really dark place with it. And it was in the morning and I was sleeping. And I know because I was dreaming about something. And there was this voice that said, and I even texted a friend about it. I'm like, does God swear? <laughs> and she responded, she's like, what do you mean does God swear? I'm like, this is what just happened. I was, I was sound asleep in a dream and a voice not in my head but as if someone was standing in my apartment um 
said it. That's how I heard it. It was kind of, it was volume coming from outside rather than inside my head. This voice said, just write the damn book. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess maybe God could swear because that <laughs> sounds like you're hearing from God because this person knew how much I was just saying, I don't think I should do this. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, long story short, I wrote the damn book. <laughs> and so it's a Christmas book. It's called Cole, um, Cole, a cautionary Christmas tale. And it's about a kid, a naughty kid who um, ends up being taken away to Santa to work in Santa's coal mine. Because um, the coal's got to come from somewhere, right? Right. And it didn't start out as this, but it turned into, over the next year of writing it, um, it turned into a a story of redemption. I had no idea that that's where it was going, but obviously what I was working through in my life made its way onto those pages. And it's not it's not like deep kind of redemption. It's there, but it's a, it's a kid's book for like 6 to 11. Um, but there is a redemptive quality about it. And as a matter of fact... Um, the gentleman who bought the book at my church and is that I read it, and he's like, I got to tell you, there's a lot of scripture in there. And I'm like, what do you mean there's a lot of scripture in there? Like, I don't, I don't remember putting scripture in there. He's like, you know, you're not quoting the Bible, but a lot of the things that you're saying in there come directly out of what the Bible is teaching us. Like, well, I guess that's a good thing. And I guess maybe that's what I was going through at the time. And just like maybe cathartically kind of it's coming through my fingers and going into this book. So again, long story short, that my first book um, is out. It's it's on Amazon um, and it's got my name on it. It was another kind of decision I had to make. Do I write this under a pen name? Do I do I hide continually for the rest of my life? And I just kind of came to a point where like, no, I've got to really take a stand with this and put myself out there. The the haters are going to hate, but maybe I uh, this will be a, a, a way to forge new relationships with people and show like. Yes, I still have something to offer. Yes, I know you know what's you know what's being said, and um, you may not know the truth of the matter, uh, but I know that you know that there's there was a problem, um, and it still exists, obviously. Um, but I just decided, nope, I'm going to put my name on it. I'm going to put it out there, and and truth be told, you know all those other projects that were like animation related or pitching related or you know like getting back into the industry related is like i need to put those aside so i was like well what how do i have a creative outlet and and not have those things like well i can do the thing that i can just do by myself which was i can write a book on my own there's nobody i have to deal with nobody has to worry that they're going to see me walking down a hall and like how does that make them feel I get it. Like I, I know where I am in that particular respect, but I do know who I am. Just somebody who just cannot help but have creative ideas, and I need, I need to get them out of me. Um, so I wrote the book, and there's a couple other books that are that I'm writing as well. Um, those will be coming out soon enough. Uh, you know, I had a graphic novel with it, which was another loss for me because it was about ready to be published by a real publisher, and that deal was pulled as well. Um, and I was able to get the rights back, and that uh, graphic novel will be coming out um, the day after Christmas. Um, that's Bigfoot and Gray. Anybody who knows me, knows you know my history, will know that who those characters are, and hopefully they'll be excited to finally see it because it's been something that's we've been talking about putting out for years now. It's like it's finally coming out, um, and I'm enjoying writing the books. Like it's. It's pretty fun. It's it's different and it's lonely. Um, like I said, I love collaboration with people and to not be able to just pick up the phone and say, "Hey, will you 
bat around some ideas with me. It's like, it is just me. It's just my ideas. And it's like, I just have to be confident that what I'm putting out there is good enough. And, um, one of the particular ideas that, um, that I wrote as an animated idea, I just felt like, well, there's, I don't have an outlet for that animation wise, but I've always loved doing comic strips. And I just felt like, well, what if I turn this into a comic strip? What would that look like? Um, so the idea is, is really comes from over the last two years. Um, you know, the people that were the most supportive turned out, out to be my brothers. Um, and I don't just mean my physical, like next of kin brothers, but people like you and Alex and, um, and, and, uh, a cousin named Christopher, like these people in my life, men, but there's some women as well. And it's just about, you know, you, the, the, like an unbreakable bond of brotherhood. Yes. Yes. Bad things can happen in life, but those people are always going to be there for you. That's right. Uh, so it's called four brothers, F O R, but it's about four brothers. Um, so it's a play on words and it, um, it's slightly Christian leaning because their father's a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, you know, Christian families do go through difficult times just like non-christian families they're all the same it doesn't make them different somehow but yeah. maybe how they how they deal with those things after after fact um is something i can explore but it really is about these brothers and how brothers kind of like are always butting heads but in the end they are family and they do love each other but so i've decided i'm going to do it like a sunday comic strip i grabbed the template on um off the internet which is like there's a specific format for sunday funnies um, I needed to kind of box myself in on something because digital comics, like you can do whatever you want. I was like, ah, that's too much for me. Like I need to be really kind of <laughs> put into a, a box to really have an output. Um, so, you know, with the loud house, it was, how do I make an animated cartoon feel like the Sunday funnies mm-hmm. But with, with four brothers? It was like, well, I'm going to do the opposite. How do I make, Sunday Funnies feel like an animated cartoon. So I took the pilot script that I wrote for Four Brothers and broke it into like 18 weeks of Sunday comics. So the idea is like each week is kind of like a standalone gag, but it also over those weeks tells a whole story. So this first one coming out, I'm, hopefully the, the, the website will go live next Sunday, fingers okay. crossed, but um, it's taken about four weeks longer than I hoped it would, but it's okay. Um, so it'll be a new strip each week. And, you know, as the strip progresses, you'll get to tell a, a, a large story. So I think it's 18 weeks long. Um, those are already drawn and ready to go just as soon as the site go, goes live. So in a sense, just outputting, um, maybe something will happen with it. Maybe won't, it won't, but I don't have that kind of fear and desperation that I was feeling early on, like in the you know, late 2017, early to 2018, of panic and like, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide for my family? Like, this is the only thing I know. I, there's this, there's this peace that comes with, with, uh, with God, right? That that I didn't know that I would be able to reach in my life because it was chaos. But there really is a peace. And I just said this the other day to somebody. I feel like. The peace that I feel now in the midst of this chaos of my life, I don't think I would trade uh, to have everything back and to be have that peace in my life 
taken away. Like it really, I, it really means something to me now. And I answered, like I have some question and answer period on my, um, on my website. And one kid asked, like, are you really a Christian? Like, you know, I was like, that's a good, that's a valid question. Um, and I answered him and it came, it's kind of came out and I typed the answer and I said, you know, if somebody offered me everything in my life that I had lost, offered it all back right now, but the only thing I had to do was give up my faith, um, I would answer no without hesitation. And I, and it felt so good to write it because it was like, this is the most honest thing I think I've ever said out loud or typed to somebody. And it felt not only honest, but free. And that kind of freedom uh, only brings out a, a, a certain kind of peace that I believe that you can only get through God and and um, and accepting Jesus in your life. And like that's to me, like this, that's what it's all about. All those other things just kind of, all those worries just kind of go away. Do I worry? Of course, I'm I'm human being. Um, and are there days where I'm depressed or? anxious or panicky yep there sure are but it's so much easier just kind of diving into the word to just push it out and go oh yeah the peace is still in there it never goes away god is always there i just need to get rid of some of this clutter um and it's not like it goes away and i have to kind of drag it back in it's like oh it's always there and it just has made my life um i suppose i could say that even though I've lost everything. I feel like I've at the same time gained far more than I ever thought would be possible in that respect. Wow. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, by the time that this goes up, uh, your website will probably be up. Do you have a domain for it? Uh, yeah, I think the domain is, uh, four brothers, F O R, uh, four brothers, comic.com. And then for my book website is Chris Savino author. Excellent. It's getting harder and harder to find, you know, good domain names. So I have to add extra words onto it. Oh, but sure. I will certainly, you know, I'll share the links with you. And um, I'm sending you a copy of Cole, and it's going to be in the mail this week. I would oh, love you. to hear what you think about it as well. I know you've got kitties of your own. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to, you know, it's, it's a Christmas story. I don't think I. Hey, yeah, it's it is. perfect timing. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it um, the 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 message comes through on that of of redemption and that. Redemption is for everybody. Amen. Absolutely. So for people watching at home, check it. Check the description in. Uh, uh, check check the links in the description below. I'll make sure that those links are there for you, so you can keep up with Chris. You can get his book. Uh, it is the perfect time of year for a book like that. That is, that is absolutely phenomenal. So make sure you check that out, Chris. This is I, words cannot describe just how pleasant and nice this was. Th- thank you for coming on the show and for talking with us and sharing your testimony. It, it, it's been a blast, and we'd love to have you back on any any time. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I will. I'll come back. Oh, we'll, talk right. about, we'll talk about the books more. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. I, I, I'd love to do that. Oh, well, th- thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. I, I hope that you enjoyed that. Apologies if there was any audio issues on your end. Um, when we did the interview, the inter- you know, it sounded fine. Uh, but... Every great once in a while, every great once in a while when, uh, you know, if you if you have a channel of your own or if you've ever interviewed anybody or if you've ever even done Skype calls, then you might know that every every great once in a while when you play back the recording, uh, you'll you'll realize that maybe a microphone was rubbing on a shirt or or maybe Skype was dropping out a lot. You know, there's any number of 
issues that can come up. So if you did on your end uh, get any audio issues, I apologize for that. Uh, but we will have Chris back on sometime. I mean, he 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 has said that he wants to come back on. Uh, we've got to talk about his book, and uh, we want to continue, you know, along with him on, on this on this journey. And uh, you know, he, he he's our brother now, so that's great. I've actually kept in contact with Chris. Um, since the interview, I mean, even since before the interview and, and, and after, and, uh, you know, I mean, talk, talk about, talk about what a genuine transformative experience looks like through the power of Jesus Christ. This is one of those to me. Uh, and I know that there's going to be a lot of people that'll say, well, he's just trying to do this because, uh, you, you know, he, he, he wants his old job back or he wants people to forgive him or whatever. But, but we brought that up in the interview. We talked about that and realized that he didn't ask for any of that. Um, he, he's, he's on a totally different path now. This really is all about Jesus. And I, I think that's great. I mean, that, that's, that's amazing. Uh, so hopefully that was inspiring. Hopefully that was good. Uh, now we don't have, um, daily renegade paid content for this. I mean, we're, we're around the holiday season. Uh, we're, we're going to give everybody some free stuff, but, uh, so that's why you got the whole interview for free. If you do want to become a member of Daily Renegade, uh, you can go to dailyrenegade.com and do that. There's a lot of perks, a lot of benefits to becoming a member. You get full shows normally, um, if it wasn't the holiday season, uh, normally you would have got like half the interview for free. You would have got basically a very long and generous preview of the video. And then you would have, uh, you would have had to go be a member and, and, and log in to get to to get the rest of the content. The reason for that it has nothing to do with greed. It has nothing to do with anything like that. We this used to be a totally free show, but then YouTube started censoring us. Uh, everything that we said, YouTube would censor us. So we decided we're going to have to build our own thing. And then we realized, wow, it is very expensive to do something like that. So uh, we created a, a membership platform. Uh, so you don't only get Peck Report. You get Peck Report, but you get about a dozen other shows, which which they're 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 all great. They're all excellent. Uh, they they all surround uh, Christianity, conservatism, uh, fringe Christian stuff that you're not going to hear in church. Uh, you know, like how how does the Bible deal with you know aliens or you know what's Genesis six all about with the giants? Uh, what's going on there? Uh, but but we make sure to bring on shows that actually have theological backing. So this isn't just conspiracy theory kind of stuff. Uh, this is this is actually well researched uh, material. You get news commentary, you, you get cult, uh, cultural commentary, you get a lot of that on Peck Report, uh, and various other things. So you can just go to dailyrenegade.com. The link is in the description below. You can check that out um, very quickly, and then I'll tell you what my surroundings are all about right now. But uh, <laughs> very, very quickly, um, if, if you choose... Uh, there, if you go to dailyrenegade.com at the very top bar, um, I don't, I don't have it up right now. Um, I'm not capable of showing it to you, so you can just go to the website and check it out, but you will, you will find, um, in a very thin bar at the top of the website, you will find, uh, ads that you can click on for Kratom and CBD. And I, the companies that those go to are excellent. I love them. I take Kratom every day. I, what is Kratom? It, it helps with chronic pain. You don't have to be on narcotics anymore. You don't have to be a slave to narcotics. Uh, I take Kratom every day. I used to be hopelessly addicted to narcotics, you know, Vicodin, morphine, Oxycontin, name it. I've been on it. 
Um, and I, I'm not on any of that anymore. I, I, I take no prescription drugs. Um, I don't even take over-the-counter stuff anymore uh, because I take Kratom. And I have a, a rare degenerative bone disease. It's extremely rare. You can look it up if you want. It's called Trevor's disease. There is a really long Latin name for it that I can never remember. Um, but it's, it's, it's very rare, uh, and, uh, and I have it. So uh, it cause, it, it, usually it causes a lot of, a lot of extreme pain. Um, extremely painful. Uh, but with Kratom, well, let me get to this. Before Kratom, I was basically bedridden. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't play with my kids. And I was in my early 30s, um, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and I, I couldn't do anything. And I thought, my life is over. Uh, you know, what's what's the point of going on? And, and you know, when you, when you deal with a chronic illness, there's a lot of depression that can come through that. Um, and you know, at the same time, I was on all these narcotics and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't giving me my life back. It wasn't really helping. Well, then I, I, I decided I have to get off the narcotics. So I got off the narcotics and I, uh, discovered Kratom. So I started taking Kratom and I'll tell you, I got my life back. I'm, I'm actually doing this show standing up right now, uh, which to most people might not seem like a big deal, but to me it is like, I can actually stand up and do uh, a, a show. I don't have to do it sitting down. I don't have to do it laying in bed. Um, and it's great. I, 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 I function really well, um, all day, every day. Uh, my doctor told me, my, my orthopedic surgeon told me that I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 18 years old. And that did not happen. I am 35 and I am standing and doing a show. So, um, uh, so Kratom, uh, if you click on the website, dailyrenegade.com, you'll see an ad for Coastline Kratom. This Kratom is great. Uh, you do have to set up a Zell Pay account because there's a lot of negative political, um, issues surrounding Kratom right now. And actually, if you want the truth about Kratom, go to dailyrenegade.com, become a member and look up Kratom, look up the PEC reports that talk about Kratom. I tell you the truth uh, in Daily Renegade that I can't on YouTube because they delete those videos. Um, but a lot of times when they say Kratom related deaths, uh, it's just not accurate. You know, if, if somebody has a minor amount of Kratom in their system, uh, but they are a heroin addict and they died of a, a heroin overdose, they will label that as a, a Kratom related death. Just for example. Now I can't really, I, I probably shouldn't even say that, uh, cause that alone could get our YouTube uh, channel removed, which is coming. I'm sure it is. Uh, but, uh, but, but. There, there's just a lot of there's a lot of misinformation around it. I encourage people do your own research, do your own objective research, look at sources on both sides of the issue, and decide if it's if it's right for you. Uh, if it is, you can go to dailyrenegade.com, click on Coastline Kratom, and get some uh, get some kratom. It'll help you out a lot. Also, CBD has uh, helped me sleep well at night. It's cut down a lot on my pain as well. I haven't needed to take as much kratom since I started taking CBD. And CBD Pure and CBD Pets. That's right. They make a version for your uh, for your pets. Cats, dogs, uh, I, I think you can give this to any animal, uh, but they, they, if, if you have a nervous animal or an animal who is dealing with a chronic illness, CBD could be the answer. CBD Pure and CBD Pets is an excellent company because it's totally the most organic, clean, natural uh, CBD you can find on the market. A lot of CBD that is at a lower pr price point. It's garbage. A lot of it is uh, because they don't do their own independent testing like the way that CBD Pure does. They do their own independent testing. They put uh, results on their website to actually show you. They actually test every single batch that they make 
independently. Um, so the, the, the testing facility doesn't have a dog in the fight. They're not working with the same company. Uh, but they test to make sure that it is the most pure, organic, pesticide-free, non-GMO uh, product that, that is available on the market today. So they do a great job. Uh, go check them out. But you can find both of those things at dailyrenegade.com on the very top um, it's very, very top of the website, the, the, you know, the ads. And so uh, that's good. Also, while, while you're there, consider um, checking out the donate page. And I'm not saying this for Daily Renegade. I'm saying this for my son, Nathan. Uh, he is fighting cancer right now. Terrible situation. He, he, but he's a fighter. He's, he's doing well, but it's also extremely, extremely expensive. And we've basically already gone through all of our savings on, on, on this. Uh, so. Um, if you go to dailyrenegade.com slash donate, you can help there. There are several options. Um, and if, if you can't afford to, I totally get it. I've certainly been there myself. Uh, so, But you can pray. Prayer is free. So uh, no matter what you do, uh, please pray. It would be really helpful. Uh, and very quickly, that is actually why I am in this closet to bring up that old joke again. Uh, so uh, those of you who have been following me for you know, a year or so, then you'll know that last February, um, uh, all of a sudden there were no peck reports for a while. Like all of a sudden everything kind of stopped. And, uh, what, what happened, we found out that our, our six year old son, he was five at the time, he's six now, but we found out our son had, um, T cell leukemia. And we had to be rushed to St. Jude's in, in Memphis, Tennessee. We live in Missouri. So we had to be rushed to Memphis to, start treatment. And, and so we've been dealing with that this whole time, me, my wife, uh, and our four kids. Um, if, if any of you have a cancer patient in the family, you know, it's, it's not only the patient, it's most importantly the patient, but it's not only the patient, it's the entire family. Uh, so we've, we've, we've all been dealing with this. We've been back and forth between Memphis and, uh, Missouri and, and St. Jude's does, they do cover the treatment while you're here. Uh, but because our family is so large, they don't cover lodging. They don't cover travel because we're not within. And, and that's fine. Hey, they, they cover they cover treatment while he's here. I am happy with whatever we can get. But um, so I'm not complaining about it. I'm just letting you know the situation because a couple people have asked, well, doesn't St. Jude do it for free? You know, what's the deal? Why, why is he uh, putting up GoFundMes and things like that? Uh, they, they do cover the treatment while he's here, but he's only here a couple times a year. Um, in between, he's back home, and we go through St. Jude's Affiliate uh, in, um, in, in Springfield, uh, Missouri. So um, that's actually probably too much information to <laughs> be just spouting off uh, you know, online to, for everybody to hear. But anyway, so um, while we're here in Memphis, lodging is not covered because uh, our family is too large. Um, travel here is not covered because we are, we're just barely outside of the, uh, parameters of what they do cover. Um, and also he's going to need to go through these treatments for years. Um, so it's not just a one-time thing. This, this is years and years of his life and all of those treatments while we're back home, which again can ha happen several times a week. Uh, all of those treatments back home that that's, that's not covered. So we're, we're having to use our savings to deal with this, which are basically depleted. So, um, we're, we're relying on God. Now, a big part of me for any of you who have followed me for any length of time, 
Um, I don't, I don't like asking for money unless I can offer something in return. I don't mind selling memberships. You know, that, that's great. I can sell memberships, uh, to daily renegade. And I, I, I don't feel uncomfortable about that at all because, uh, what I'm doing is I'm, you know, offering a consensual, uh, you know, a payment for service trade here, you know, here's what I have to offer. If it's worth it for you, you can pay $10 a month or $100 a year and you can have all this stuff. Um, so there's no obligation. There's, there's no nothing. There's no emotional stuff attached to it. It just, it just is what it is. I don't have any problem with that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a capitalist at heart. And so I, I don't have any issue with that. Uh, you know, and not to deviate too much, but you know, people will say, well, aren't you just selling the gospel? No, cause you can email me. And if you don't know the gospel, I'll tell you the gospel for free. There's never going to be a reality where somebody doesn't know the gospel and they ask me the gospel and I, t- I ask for their credit card number. So, uh, so no, that is not the same thing. Um, anyway, all that aside, um, when it comes to charity kind of stuff, I get really uncomfortable. I don't like asking for help. I I don't. I I really hate asking people for money. Um, and and to me, the closer of a friend you are to me, the the more uncomfortable I am asking you for money. Um, but uh, at the same time, I I got some really good advice from from a good friend years ago, who who said, you know, that that's more about your pride, Josh. That's that's. You're, you, you are, you are taking away, if if you don't ask for help when you need it, you are taking away other people's riches in heaven. And I never thought about it that, uh, about it like that before, but, but that's true. You know, with, with, with our charity, with our love, with, with us helping our fellow man, we store up riches in heaven. And, and if that's true, if, if I'm in need or if I need help and I just put the information out there, you know, I'm not, I'm not obligating anybody to anything. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't, you don't have to donate at all. And you, you could still be an absolutely wonderful friend and a great person and a good Christian and Jesus still loves you. And it's, it's fine. Uh, but if I, if, if I neglect to put that information out there to the people who do want to help and to the people who might spiritually benefit from helping, uh, then I would be taking away their, their riches in heaven that they could have stored up. And I, I never, I, I had never thought about it like that until I got that advice. And that's when I started not getting more comfortable with asking for help, but that's when I started asking for help more when, when I needed it. This is definitely one of those times. And, but this time it's not me that needs it. It's my son. It's Nathan. Uh, now, now again, we, we had, we had a, a good amount saved up, uh, you know, for emergencies like this and it's gotten us this far. Uh, but, um, for the next few years, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm trusting God. Uh, but, Part, part of that is me telling you how you can help. So if you go to dailyrenegade.com slash donate, there's a bunch of options to help Nathan. I mean, we got to go fund me. We have uh, a PayPal, a direct PayPal. We have a PO box that you could send a money order or a check. So if you want to help financially, there you go. That, that's the information, uh, and you can do that. Um, if, if you're unable to or, or even if you just don't want to, that's okay. You can, you can pray. pray. Prayer is free takes a couple minutes of your time pray for Nathan that's the most that's the most important thing you can do for him uh so all that said i think that we will put this episode to a close you got a good intro oh oh the closet thing so 
Um, where we're staying, we, we have to be really selective about where we stay. We can't just stay in any old dirty hotel because Nathan has no immune system. So we have to stay in clean places. So we, we have to, we, basically we got to run an apartment. Um, and, and it, it is, it is a little bit more expensive to go that route. Um, but it's, it's in order to, uh, for one thing, we have six people in our family and a hotel room isn't going to cut it. Uh, so there's a little bit of extra room. I mean, this, it is a two bedroom apartment, so it's still cramped, but, um, but we have full control over the cleanliness. Like we, we, th- th- there's not like a, not exactly like a housekeeping thing here. It's, it's, we, we, we can take care of it. Um, which yes, again, we could do that in a hotel room, but try fitting six people, even in a, a, a double joined room, which we did do that for, for months in February. And it's, it's difficult. Uh, anyway, there's no places to record here, you know, so I don't have my studio. I don't have, uh, you know, my, my, my basement with the blue and red lights and the desk. And I don't, I don't have that. Um, I have a kitchen table and I have a bedroom closet that, uh, if, 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 our newborn, well, she's not really newborn anymore. She's almost a year old. I can't believe it. Uh, but when Lily is, um, not sleeping, I can use the closet here. Uh, when she is sleeping and when the kids are in bed and when everybody's quiet, I can use the kitchen table. Uh, but, but again, it's difficult. So that is why I'm back in the closet to bring up that old joke. So the last time when I was here in February, I recorded every peck report out of a closet, just like this. And, you know, of course you're going to get that joke. So, you know, a bunch of people were commenting in the YouTube section, like, Josh, are you in the closet? Why don't you come out of the closet? Oh, ha ha. Uh, so that, that got overplayed over and over and over again. And I, I guess we're going to have to get back to that because yep, back in the closet. So <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, but anyway, so that, that's why I'm here. That's the deal with the, the broom and, and you know, the, the weird lighting and the terrible audio and all, all that stuff. So, uh, that's the story of that. So anyway, but I do plan on continuing to make peck reports. I plan on doing as much as I can while I'm here uh, for you guys. Uh, you know, again, even though I am asking for help, if you can do it, if you can afford to help, that would be great. But still, I'm here to serve you. Uh, I want to be a servant. I don't want to be a master. Uh, I, I want to serve you. I want to give you stories, and I want to give you intelligent commentary on what's going on in the world today. Uh, I, I want to be that watchman who can can do do his best to tell you okay this is just hysteria and there's nothing to this or uh there's actually something here and you need to pay attention to it you know just good balanced objective kind of stuff um and I want to be the one that tells you when I'm sharing my opinion and when I'm sharing a fact. You know, I, I, I do my best to make a clear distinction between those two things because they're not the same thing. So, uh, and by the way, everybody at Daily Renegade has that same attitude, which is why they're a part of Daily Renegade. So again, you got about a dozen uh, shows and they're, I'm biased, obviously, but they're all great. You know, I, I, I signed them all on, so I'm totally biased on it. But the reason I signed them on is because they're, they're excellent and YouTube doesn't appreciate the value that they bring to the community. So we do at Daily Renegade here. They're never going to be censored. I can ensure I'm never going to be censored if Daily Renegade continues. So, um, Get a membership if you don't have one already. Okay, uh, we're going to call it good because my baby girl, Lily, has got to go to bed and I got to get out of this closet. So all that being said, thank you so much for uh, joining us yet again. And until next time, love you all. Take care. God bless.